going to read from Bhagavad Gita, 5,000 years old, spoken by Krishna himself. Uh, chapter 2, page 56. It's page 152. Um, yes. Now, what we're about to hear is the mindset of a devotee who is practicing bhakti yoga. How does he think, how does he respond when there is trouble in his life? How does he respond? One who is not disturbed in mind, even amidst the threefold miseries, or elated when there is happiness, who is free from attachment, fear and anger, is called a sage of steady mind. So Sri Prabhupada, our spiritual master, has explained in the, in the purport um, that uh, such a fully Krishna conscious person is not at all disturbed by the onslaughts of the threefold miseries. For he accepts all miseries as the mercy of the Lord, thinking himself only worthy of more trouble due to his past misdeeds. That means that uh, whatever happens in our life, it's called karma. It's uh, our destiny. What the reactions of what we did in our previous life. So that is fixed, but we can change it by how we respond to it. So this verse is describing how a devotee responds. And this response can actually change your whole direction and change your destiny for the next life. And so... Uh, he thinks, he accepts, yes, this is the mercy of the Lord. Why does he think it's the mercy of the Lord? He sees the hand of the Lord behind it. He trusts the Lord. Oh, whatever is happening to me, is, it's for the best. And I've experienced that in my life. Uh, you know, one time uh, when I was 40, how was I, 44 years old, and... Uh, all of a sudden, my husband left me with a five-year-old child, and he just left. And then for about three months, I was lamenting. And then after three months, I thought, wait a minute, this is much better than before. <laughs> before, he would never give me any money. Now he's, I have money in my hand. And I saw, wow, this is mercy. And the mercy was that I ended up going to Vrindavan, which is a very spiritual holy place. And so it was actually the hand of Krishna was there. And uh, because I accepted it as mercy, therefore I was very happy. So uh, here also it says, similarly when he is happy, oh, and, and he sees his miseries by the grace of the Lord are minimized to the lowest. So if you take up the process of devotion, bhakti yoga, then uh, your karma is wiped off. Your past karma is finished. But it's, you get a little bit, just like a token. Like in, Suppose your head was supposed to be cut off. Instead, you get a little cut on your finger. So it's really worth it. <laughs> That's a good deal. That's really a good deal. And um, so he sees his, when he's happy, he gives credit to the Lord thinking himself unworthy of the happiness. He realizes it's due only to the Lord's grace. 
he's in such comfortable condition and able to render better service to the Lord. So normally in, in, in this world, people, when something difficult happens to them, they say, why me? Oh, why not you? It's happening to everyone. And at first I thought like that when my husband left, and I thought, why me? And I was thinking, well, 50% or even more now, that, was, that time was 50% of the people are, are separated or divorced, and why not me? You know, <laughs> it happens to everyone. And you never think it's going to happen to you, but it happens. old age happens. <laughs> when you're young, you never think you're going to be old. You can't imagine what it's like to have old age. But it happens, and death also happens. So what can help us is to realize that we will never die because we are the soul inside the body. We're not going to die. Um, die. <laughs> yes, looking for your mother over there. <laughs> there you go. So that's just like us when we, we're kind of running around in this world looking for our real home. And until we come to the lotus feet of Krishna, we will never feel satisfied. I have that experience in Vrindavan, where I live. It's a holy place, and there's a big temple there. And people come to the temple with their kids, small, small kids, like this age. But sometimes the kid gets lost. And you, you take the child by the hand, and you say, is this your mother? Is this your mother? No. You give, okay, would you like a sweet? No. You try to satisfy the kid in so many ways, but until you give to the mother, they're not going to be happy. So we can try so many ways in this world to be satisfied, but unless and until we go to our real father, Krishna, and our real mother, Radharani, we'll never be happy. We are very difficult. We need to have food for the soul. We need to have food for the soul. So it's talking about here three types of miseries. We're going to talk about that. Uh, there's three types. One is called adibotic. That means miseries due to other people or other living entities, like mosquitoes, like a dog will bite you, or like that. So that's one type of misery is due to other living beings. Second type. So how to counteract that? by good behavior and freedom from envy. You can counteract that misery due to other beings. And we'll, we'll go into more detail about this. Now, how do you counteract adidivic? It means it's too hot, it's too cold, it's a flood, it's an earthquake. How do you counteract those miseries uh, due to natural causes by meditation and trance? And how do you counteract miseries due to your own mind and body, which is the worst, <laughs> uh, by uh, practicing hatha yoga, pranayam, and so forth. This is what I'm not making this up now. It's coming from another book called Srimad Bhagavatam. And there's a verse that tells how to counteract these different types of problems. So the first one we're going to talk about is adhidavik, meditation and trance. So we're always meditating on Krishna chanting this mantra, which you all were chanting with us, and if some of you heard for the first time. This meditation will protect you from miseries due to natural causes. And uh, 
there was uh, one one of my uh, godbrothers in Dudumna Maharaj. He was flying on an airplane. And uh, the airplane was trying to land, but every time it tried, the whole airplane would shake violently. And it would go back up. So the first time that happened, Maharaj was saying loudly, Hare Krishna! <laughs> and he was saying the whole mantra, calling to Krishna, oh, save me. The Christians were going, Jesus! The Muslims were going, Allah! And so then the plane went back up, back up. and next to the Maharaj was a, a scientist. He said, Swamiji, I do not believe in these things. <laughs> So the plane went back down. It was shaking violently. The scientist was looking green and sick. And they, they boarded the landing again. They went back up. And the scientist said, Swamiji, what was that you were saying? <laughs> the Hare Krishna. No, the whole thing, the whole thing. So he taught the scientist how to chant Hare Krishna mantra. And... The pilot made an announcement. He said, okay, we're going to try one more time, and if it doesn't work, we're going to go back to where we came from. And so the plane went down. Everybody was chanting. The scientist was chanting, and the plane landed safely. So Maharaj said to the scientist, now do you believe? And the, the scientist said, Maybe. <laughs> Amara said, here's my card. If you have any questions, you can write to me. So meditation and trance, it, it protects you from these difficulties that we find happen to us, natural, natural causes. This was due to the wind. Um, and there's another example of a person who was not a devotee of Krishna, but he was worshipping Lord Shiva. But he was meditating in trance so wonderfully, he was protected. This happened in 2013 up in the Himalayas. Uh, there was a violent avalanche and uh, flood near the place. It's called Kedarnath. It's the temple of Lord Shiva. So what happened was there's a temple of Parvati, who's the wife of Lord Shiva, and she, her temple was down and his temple was up. And the government of India decided to move her temple up <laughs> above Lord Shiva. And, and so the night before they moved, uh, the Pujari, the priest, had a dream where she came and said, tell them not to move me. <laughs> they moved her. And then all of a sudden there was a huge avalanche of stones and there was a flood. And everything but the temple of Lord Shiva was destroyed. A big rock came and fell in front of the back of the temple. It protected it. And one, this one uh, servant of Lord Shiva, he was standing in front of the temple and meditating in trance. And on both sides of him there was devastation. There was flood. All the hotels, all the restaurants were devastated, finished. But only the temple was left. He was, he was meditating in trance. What happened to the Pujari of the... I don't know what happened to the Pujari. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. <laughs> yeah, I don't... They didn't... I was following it on Facebook. It was, you know, it was... And there were all these people stranded. It was summertime, so people... Thousands of people were up there. And they were stranded because the roads were destroyed. All the roads were destroyed. So then... Um, they were sending, they were taking, evacuating people by helicopter down 
to the lower place. It came time for this devotee of Shiva to go. He said, you can go in the helicopter now. He said, no, I don't need a helicopter. I will walk. <laughs> that is steady meditation and trance. Maybe he had some mystic powers. You know, he didn't have to walk, but, but he didn't, he didn't, he was completely oblivious to what happened around him because he was meditating in trance. Um, so this works. If you have a problem with natural disturbances, then meditation in trance will help you. Um, so now, what about problems due to other living beings, adibautic? Uh, good behavior and freedom from envy. This will help you. Uh, so, um, how do you do that? There's another verse in Bhagavatam that if somebody is superior to you, then you should serve that person. You should try to work with that person. If someone is your equal, you should make friends. If someone is your junior, you should be merciful and help that person to come up. In the material world, it's the opposite. If there's somebody up, you want to bring him down. Uh, uh, so that's, that's how it goes. Uh, so when Prabhupada was visiting Japan, there was one printing company where he was printing our Krishna books. And he met one of the executives. He was a junior executive. And Prabhupada asked him, what is your goal in life? So the, the executive took out a bunch of calling cards. And his name, his card was on the bottom. He took the card out from the bottom and put it on the top. <laughs> That's my goal in life. So that's how it is in the material world. In order for you to succeed, then you have to put everyone else down. You have to. But in the spiritual world, it's the opposite. You bring people up, and you also go up with them. And so this is uh, this is our teaching here, and how the behavior the behavior of a devotee of Krishna. So um, Shri Prabhupada, our spiritual master, he used to walk. On the beach, every morning he would take a walk, like for an hour, 6 o'clock, 6.30. And one time he was walking in Bombay on the beach, and one person was walking with him. He was a doctor, Dr. Patel. And uh, the doctor was worried about the devotees because I, I also visited that temple. I landed there. Oh, here comes Jaihi Jai. Haribo and his two daughters. Oh, very good. From Olympia. Ah. <laughs> right. So this Dr. Patel would walk on the beach with Prabhupada and he would discuss Gita that I just read from. And but this doctor had a different understanding. He was thinking that the goal is liberation, to uh, just merge in the white light. He thought this is the best thing. Uh, although he was quoting Gita and so many things. And Prabhupada was preaching to him that no, the, the highest goal is to go to the spiritual world where all dance, all walking is dancing, all speech is singing, and you can live eternally and you don't get older than 16 years old. That's sweet 16 in the spiritual world. Uh, how old are you? 11. Wow, you look much older. <laughs> she looks like 16 to me. <laughs> How old is your sister? 13. 13, wow, okay, great. Great, yeah. So we were just talking how in the spiritual world no one gets older than 16. 
So, um, our goal is, that is our goal. Now, this Dr. Patel's goal was to merge in the light. That's just the effulgence coming from the spiritual world. It, you know, it's, it's, you don't want to just go up in the sky and live there. It's not a very happy place to live. You would want to come down after a while. <laughs> Even though you might be miserable here, it's still, it's no fun up there. You go in the airplane, you can't wait till you get down and land. So, yeah, real life is here in, in, in this world, and, and, but eternal life, if you want eternal happiness, then you have to go to the spiritual world. You have to go to where Krishna lives in the spiritual world. So, um, this, the devotees, when I landed in Bombay, when I landed there, uh, it was such austere condition, 1972 in India, we were living on the land. And our drinking water was in a clay pot with a lid on top. And you take off the lid and all these bugs would fly out and we had to drink that. There was no bottled water. We were all sick. Uh, so the doctor took compassion and he, he donated some blankets and sheets and mattress and mosquito net. But unfortunately, because we were just living out, we had no doors, we had no nothing, we were just living on the roof of a building. Uh, they got stolen, they got taken. Within two years, they were all gone. So the doctor got a, a, a upset about that. These devotees don't care about what happens to them. And Papa said yes. He said, they don't care if they get sick, they don't care if they have to sleep on the floor. I slept on the floor for 18 years until I got pregnant and couldn't get up. So I had to get a bed and I found a broken bed. It was very austere in the early. Now it's not like that. Now it's full facility if you go there. They built a beautiful temple. And, but in those days, we were just roughing it. And so Prabhupada said, they, these devotees, they don't care if they have to sleep on the floor, they don't care if they get disease or have proper facilities. That liberation, you so much desire, they already have it. And so that was, <laughs> that was Prabhupada's, uh, yeah. So this is uh, how to counteract the miseries due to other living beings by good behavior and freedom from envy. Okay, so the last misery is by due to your own mind and body. It's called adhyatmic misery. And uh, so pranayama is recommended, hatha yoga and pranayama. But um, according to Siddha Prabhupada, our spiritual master, he has said that pranayama means singing and dancing, <laughs> chanting the holy name. That's the real pranayama. So, and yeah, I got proof of this. I got experience of this. When I, in Nepal, I was in Nepal two years ago, we had a retreat, and there were 150 ladies in that retreat. And they were all, except for one, all of them were singing and dancing at 7.30 at night. And uh, they were just singing and dancing, and they didn't think about anything, but there was one, one devotee who wasn't with them, and it was time to eat, and she, would, she went and tried to get the attention of one of them, and nobody would listen to her. She said, I'm hungry, you know, it's 7.30, and, and so she gave up, then 8.30 she went back and said, it's really, you know, it's past time, please, and nothing, they, you know, they didn't pay attention, they were just all happy chanting and dancing. 9.30 she went back, said, this is, this is, I'm really hungry, 
where, where are we going to eat? And nobody paid attention, so she said, okay, I'll just dance and chant too. <laughs> and she forgot to. <laughs> she forgot to eat. So finally, 10.15, they finished. And, and she also was happy, and she forgot to eat. And, but, so it works. If you chant, you can forget about your external body, what's happening, your, your necessities, uh, your problems, your mental and your physical problems. You can lose it in the chanting and dancing. And so this is how to counteract the problems of the mind and the body. There's also a nice verse here which explains further uh, how you can get free from miseries by practicing yoga. What does it say here? Um, he who is regulated in his habits of eating, sleeping, recreation, and work can mitigate all material pains by practicing yoga systems. You want to be free from all pains, regulation of eating, sleeping, recreation, and work. These four things we need. We need to eat, we need to sleep, we need recreation, and we need to work to make money. If you regulate it, then you can be free from all pains of your body and mind. So this is our bhakti yoga process. And Srila Prabhupada has said there's three causes of disease, overeating, anxiety, and uncleanliness. So there's a whole book which I have, uh, Heal Your Body, and it tells the mental causes of all, each and every disease. Like cancer, if you get cancer, it's because you have too much resentment inside. If you have knee problem, it's due to fear or kidney problem. So, yeah, it's a very interesting book. And then it tells how, how to have the proper mentality so you can counteract it. So what we do is we chant Hare Krishna, and that puts us, that gives us food for the soul and puts us in the proper mentality. And we can counteract these things. Um, who was it? Somebody recently, where was it? In Houston? Where was I? No, it was in California, Los Angeles. There was a very serious accident with 12 of our young people and two of them were in critical condition in the hospital. And one devotee went to visit them, and, and he went and he saw everybody was suffering, but the devotees were peaceful. The two devotees that had, you know, one, her, she broke her back in three places, had to have an operation, young girl. And, but she was, she was, she was peaceful. The others were yelling and screaming. And so, yeah, it works. It, it really can help you to um, counteract. So there is a verse again from Bhagavatam that explains the mentality of a devotee that you hope against hope for the mercy of the Lord to be given to you. Secondly, you tolerate the reactions of your past misdeeds. And third, you do service with body, mind, and words. And in this way, you're eligible to get freedom from all miseries and get your spiritual body back and join Krishna in the spiritual world. So sometimes devotees, they practice for many years, but still they, they're a little confused because they're not, they're, they feel like they're still in the material world and things are happening. So one of such devotees, he asked Prabhupada, he said, I'm confused because you say uh, that when you become a devotee, you're on the spiritual level, you're on the transcendental platform, At the same time you talk about being affected 
by the material modes of nature, goodness, passion, ignorance. So how is it if I'm, you know, I still feel affected by these modes, how is it I can be on the spiritual platform, on the spiritual path, and still be affected? That was his question. Well, that's a good question. You know, how is it? Uh, why? So Prabhupada gave an example that if, just like if you're on a boat, when you're on a boat, no one can say you're not on the boat. You're on the boat, but sometimes big waves will come and rock the boat, so your position may not be steady. So those waves are the modes of nature, and they may rock your boat. So how we become steady, you have to learn from the captain of the boat how to steer the boat through the ocean of miseries. And you'll be steady even in the greatest storm. So this is the, what I would like to share with you today, the, how to get free from the miseries of life. And it's all included in the process of bhakti yoga. You may practice other yogas, astanga yoga, hatha yoga, but by practicing bhakti yoga, everything is included. Everything is included. Okay, so I'll stop here if there's any questions anybody would like to ask. Please do. We can also have... have a oh, you want? One question. I have a question. Yeah, you want something? I was going to say we can also have um, more discussion when we have facade. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. We tell, make sure they're making offering here. I'm yes, they're bringing. Okay. You have a question, yeah. Yes, you have a question. I have like two, three different questions, actually. Okay. One of them is, where these prescriptions are given, like you said that they're in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Yeah. Where, do you know? Oh, sure. Canto. Yeah, the seventh canto, I can give you the verse. There's a verse which says this. Is it? 7, 15, 24. It's the canto about Prahlad Maharaj at the end when they're describing Varnashram Dharma. Okay, okay. And all the different things that are included. So yoga is included there. Hatha yoga, prana yoga, okay. pranayama. 7, 15, 24. Okay. Yeah, that's the verse. Yeah. And then I also wanted to ask, when you, you said you were in India, and you, you were looking at the water, the water with the <laughs> where, where was that? Was that it? was in Bombay. Bombay. Juhu, Bombay. Okay. I arrived there uh, 1972, and I've been in India ever since. Wow. Since 72. Um, in different places. Fortunately, I was only in Bombay for two weeks, then they sent me to Calcutta. It was difficult in Calcutta, but at least I had a roof over my head. You know? it was no water and no electricity, but I had a roof. I was happy to have a roof over my head. You know? Bombay was very austere. Uh, yeah. We just, it was really, really difficult. But we, you know, we didn't care as that. Prabhupada said, we, we were just there, it was an adventure, we were going to make a revolution in the hearts of all the people, you know, we, we believed in revolution, but this was a spiritual revolution, <laughs> changed the hearts of everyone. And so, you know, we sacrificed our youth, uh, but we don't regret it, we're still going in old age, <laughs> still, still trying. It so, seems like your body adapted to being in India. <laughs> Yeah, at the beginning I, I was sick a lot, and after a while I was sick a little bit. <laughs> <Not so much. laughs> Before it was complete sickness. <laughs> Just we, we were all, yeah. It only took a few days to get sick, and then but afterwards, you know, the facilities got better, and uh, now it's just basically old age, mm. which is permanent sickness. 
you know, your body. I mean, it's not so bad. I'm traveling all over the world, so it's not so bad as if I were in some home somewhere at the age of 71, just watching TV mm. or something. You know, it's a much better life. Mm. So much. I visited my mother-in-law, and when she was in a home, Asian home. Everyone was in diapers. They were preparing for their next life. Everyone was in diapers. Everyone was being force-fed. And, and they put all the wheelchairs in a circle and they were hitting balloons to each other. I thought, this is what kids do. Two-year-old and three-year-old kids. They, have no control, they had no control over their lives. They were completely dependent. But it was not happy to see. Mm. This is, they worked so hard getting money, getting a nice house, taking care of their kids, and this is where they end up. That's so expensive. And very expensive. No, they used their, all their savings. The whole life they worked hard for, and their savings go for to be an expensive nursing home. She was right in her suburb where she lived, a very nice suburb in Washington, D.C. And we asked her, we showed her different pictures and asked her which picture she liked the best. And she pointed to a picture of herself being normal. So mm. yeah, <laughs> it's not, so that's, people are doing austerities for material happiness. We are doing austerities for spiritual happiness, which is eternal. Material happiness will come and it will go, it's temporary. But we want eternal happiness. I, I also wanted to ask, what's the name of the book that you said? It has a different disease. Oh, uh, Louise, hey, heal your body. Oh, yeah, okay. You know? Okay. Is that, oh, this, all, all, all the diseases are there, and then the mental, mm -hmm. mental cause, quite interesting. So what explanation would she give for a child that has leukemia? Yeah, I, don't, I didn't, she didn't say, she didn't say about that. Yeah. Well, if you believe in reincarnation, it was, from the past life, <laughs> anger, from resentment from the past life that's still there. And that does come with us too. It, our karma comes with us. So the karma, yeah, it comes. And so you could say that it's okay. It's <clears throat> just like if you have a, a movie, a film, you come in the middle and you didn't see the beginning of it. So the child is coming in the middle of the movie and you know, there's a lot of lives behind it. Or, or, don't like, see. or like Narada said, the, the, the lotus, the petals, and how you're counting the petals, but you don't know where, to, where the actual starting point was. Right, right. Yeah, we don't see our karma from our previous lives, no, but it hits us. It hits us. And how we respond to it, that is what we can change. And, and also by doing devotional service, we can change our karma. It's reduced, definitely. It's wiped out. <laughs> And then we just get a little, little token of what we should find. It's just wiped out. But then we don't, but then we shouldn't make more karma. We don't sin again. We don't, if it's wiped out, but then we shouldn't uh, do more damage. We should live, we should respond properly, that okay, this is the Lord's mercy, let me see oh, the Lord's hand this, let me be grateful for what I have. Keep a positive frame of mind, and your life will be positive. Any more questions? Yes? Um, thinking about 
you know, devotees practicing 40 years, 50 all their life, but still they, they die with some, you know, cancerous brain tumor or something, you know. Yeah. So you can see the consciousness may be fixed, but still they have to go through the physical. Yeah, they, they go through the, the minimized karma, but how they respond to it, like, there's one young girl now, she's about 17 or 18, and she has this disease where the muscles just um, de uh, are destroyed. She's so positive. Her, her, I think her name is Mama Mohini. And she's preaching. She was in, she's in a wheelchair, and she went to the people on her flat on, uh, during the marathon. And she distributed books, even though she's in so much pain and everything. She did, and everybody took a book. There were three, three families. One was Hindu, one was Christian, one was Muslim. They all took a book from her. Uh, she's so positive. Another example, my god sister Kunti, when she was dying, she was in a wheelchair. And she was so positive and she was encouraging and inspiring all the devotees. She was in extreme pain. The TV found out a bit about it and they called her to the TV and they said, how can you be so happy in your, in your such a difficult state? She said, because I'm not this body, I'm spiritual. And she's preaching to the people. You want to be happy, then you have to uh, tap into your spiritual consciousness, your spiritual being, if you want to be happy. And she was really happy. She was smiling and not complaining and yeah. So it works if you're if you really try hard, you have to you have to try, yeah. people you're gonna die, so whether you die of a brain tumor or something else, you can't avoid death. But for the devotee death is different. It's uh, the example is given of um, a cat is carrying a rat in its mouth, and the rat is in complete anxiety. So this is what's happening to people who are dying every day. They're like a, a rat in the mouth of the cat. And when a devotee dies, he's like a kitten in the mouth of mother cat. And he feels secure and safe and happy, and he, the mother, he knows where the mother's taking him, back to home. Maybe he's straight off, and the mother's, no, we belong here. So time of death is like that, that uh, we see. We see the, the spiritual agents coming for us and to take us to our eternal home. That's uh, true, Prabhupada said he's taught us, he came here to teach us, teach us how to die. <laughs> yeah. The conclusion of everything Prabhupada has done for us, the conclusion is... Yeah, so whether it's a brain tumor, whether it's you know old age, you can't avoid it. You can't avoid death. It's going to happen. But you need to prepare how to, how to be equipoised, how to be fixed, how to be unagitated at the time of death, how to see the good, how to see the spiritual side, how to see the chariot coming for you, how to see the airplane, the spiritual airplane coming to take you to the spiritual world. Any other questions? It's actually a blessing when you have something like that because then you know. Yeah, you know you're going to die. And Maharaj Prashant had seven he days. He had seven days. Yeah. So when you have you, when you have advanced warning, then you can prepare better. Or even you can really prepare. Even that that um, Maharaj Kavanga where he Kavanga he had one, one minute, minute. <laughs> and he went down to where the deities were and he. 
said his prayers and he was off. <laughs> he was up in the heavens and heavenly planets, but he didn't want to stay there. That, so that's a lesson for those who want to go to the heavenly planets. <laughs> it's better to be here uh, in the Krishna conscious atmosphere. Any other questions? Yeah. Or is it is it time? But they didn't offer you. Yeah, they'll no. come. They're coming. They're coming now. They're coming. <laughs> yeah. We'll have another kirtan. Oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, if anybody she else. needs the it's some. I think she should give her the words. Yes. Okay. If you have. I have a question. Well, while you're getting her the words. Um, okay. <laughs> so you said that there's this prescription of how we should deal with other people. Right. When there's some disturbance, when they're when they're causing us some disturbance, so there's the equals and the, the juniors, juniors and, and the, the seniors. seniors, right? All right, so I'm going to play devil's advocate here, uh-huh. and I'm going to say, well, we're told that we should be so humble that everybody else is more advanced than us. That's so. the uttamadikari. We're that is only for the highest devotee. The highest devotee actually sees himself like that. We don't. So we got to practice. Well, if we're practicing, then how can we? No, but but practice means you have to be according to your level. Don't see above your level. Above your level is, I'm. You know, everyone's better than me. That's. And if you try to go above your level, then you'll fall down. So you have to see. You know, this one. This one is my superior. This is my equal. Let's make friends. And these are my juniors. Let me help them. So if you if you feel like that, how can you preach? How can you help others? If you're in, if you're the lowest of the low, what can you do? You, how can you help anybody? How can you help those who are suffering more than you? So the Uttama Adhikari, he comes down to the level yeah. of the Madhya Adhikari. Yeah. Yeah. But if we have this mentality, a lot of times I hear this from devotees, but oh, you know, we shouldn't fault find, we shouldn't, we should just focus on ourselves, that I'm yeah. so fallen. I, like you were saying, that, that I have so much uh, bad karma that I should be getting, but Krishna is so merciful right. that I'm just getting this token. So how, I don't know, I've, I've had this problem myself, that when I'm just looking at somebody and I'm thinking, hmm, are they my equal, or are they my junior, <laughs> or are they my... And it's very confusing. Yeah. It can be. Because somebody can be practicing Krishna consciousness for years and years and years and years and be your senior yeah. by years, yeah. but their philosophical understanding is mm. completely wrong. Yeah. And someone can be your junior in years and have an understanding that's yeah, completely when, over your head. When someone is your senior, then you can't approach them directly. You cannot approach them directly mm-hmm. to um, correct them. You have to do it indirectly. Uh, through others on their level, or, uh, yeah, basically through others on their level. But you have to be firm in the philosophy yourself, of course, by reading Prabhupada's books. That's how you remain steady and firm in the philosophy. And you can discuss it with others on their level who can help you remain strong in the philosophy. And they may also be able to help approach. uh, But it depends on how open the seniors are to hearing (laughs) about that. And you can pray to super soul in their heart. And that helps too. Mm. I found that with when I have a problem with someone, I pray to super soul in their heart to rectify. Pray to Prabhupada also. He will recti- he will definitely rectify anyone who is 
who is off, who is sincere and off, who really wants to serve Prabhupada, uh, he will rectify them. So it is an age thing. Hmm? It is an age, like how long somebody has been in Krishna consciousness. Yeah, it's not age, but, but age is a type of seniority too. It is a type of seniority. Knowledge is, is another type of seniority. One who has the proper philosophical knowledge, that's a different type of seniority. That can be somebody younger than you, or less years. So there's different ways to understand what is seniority. And one is age, or how many years they've been a devotee, or if they're a proper disciple. Then, then that is one way to understand seniority. But other ways are there too. And who has the proper knowledge, that's another way to understand seniority. Well, that, there's probably more. I could, I'd like to know what they all are, but anyway. Um, <laughs> so would I. Srila Prabhupada set such a good example if we watch how he dealt with people who were his age, even if they weren't yeah. even devotees. Yeah, yeah. He, he always he treated respect. them with respect. Yeah, and somebody older than him, he would treat with yes. a lot more respect. A lot yeah. more respect. Yeah, yeah, Prabhupada was very savvy. He knew how to deal with people, especially the parents of his devotees who wanted their children back. <laughs> One millionaire father said, I'll give my son a million dollars if he comes with me. And Papa said, okay, ask him. <laughs> Let him go. He can go. He's free. And, and the, the, the devotee, Giraj Maharaj, he said, no, no, I want to stay here with Papa. <laughs> Rejected a million dollars to stay with Papa. And the Gargamuni and Brahmananda also, their father wanted it was something like that, million dollars, but they didn't go back. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, this, this, this is our test, the test that we have. The Madhyam, so we're, we're meant to act on the Madhyam of the middle platform. You love the Lord, you um, have friendship with devotees, you become you're merciful to the innocent people, and you avoid those who are. Uh, not interested. Don't preach to those who are not interested. Because they will commit offense, you'll hear the offense. It won't be good for you or them. So that's our behavior, that's our behavior as explained by the Acharyas, by Srimad Bhagavatam, and devotion. That's how we should behave. Like that. Okay? Ready for kirtan? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs>